Do you want this new year to be the one that changes things? Do you want to be free from all the restrictive food rules and the diet obsessions and the constant concerns about your weight and your body image? Do you want to get and stay healthy in a way that's sustainable for you and be able to apply nutrition information in a way that works for you and your lifestyle? Well, I have some very exciting news. During the month of December 2021, I'm having a huge, huge Christmas sale. For any packages or any services that are booked through December 31st, 2021, you will get, ready for this, 50% off. Not kidding, half price services for any that are booked and paid for in full at the time of booking through the end of December 2021. Yay, I'm so excited. So just go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, click on the work with me tab, schedule your appointment and use the discount code December 21, all in caps, no spaces, December 21. And you will receive 50% off. What a way to start the new year. Go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, Go to the work with me tab and use the discount code December 21, all caps, no spaces, and it expires December 31st, 2021. Now on to the show. There's more to holiday waking than you think. This is part one of a two podcast series that explores the different holiday challenges, how they can lead to weight gain, and some concrete and easy steps that you can take together with me to prepare yourself for this holiday season's challenges. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello, my friends and my sisters in Christ. So this is being recorded in early December, and the holiday season's in full swing, which I'm excited about. I love the holiday season. I had originally planned to put that final macronutrient podcast about eating fats and all about fats this week, but I kind of called an audible on you because I thought it would be better to answer some questions that you might have during this specific time of year and give you some support as it's actually happening. Now, while holiday waking is not the worst thing, hear me, it's not the worst thing, not at all, and it, most people experience it, but it can cause a bit of panic in those with a disordered relationship with food and eating and their bodies already, both as they anticipate the season as it's coming and the eating and the potential for weight gain, as well as having that panicky feeling after. I thought it would be helpful to explore the many forces that come together during this time to lead us to consume maybe a little more energy and fuel than we're using throughout the season. And then we can look at some practical and sensible ways to prepare for that and maybe combat these multiple forces if that's what is important to you. Today, we'll touch on three main categories, and then we'll do three more main categories in next week's podcast. First, let's talk about the category of expectations. I know this doesn't sound like it has anything to do with holiday weight gain, but 
Remember, we're also talking about the holiday challenges and how they can relate to weight gain. Expectations around the holiday season are huge. Now, I'm talking to you, but I am really talking to me. I had this realization very recently, it kind of just smacked me upside the head um, because I was at a Bible study and a friend of mine said, you know, we just feel this pressure to make this a family holiday and make everyone happy. And for me, I know that's 100% true. I just want to make sure everyone's happy and just having the best experience, no matter what trials are going on. (laughs) You know, I kind of want everyone to forget their trials during the Christmas season or Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and just have this almost fake life experience. But I didn't think of it that way. I just, I love holidays. I love celebrating them. I love family. I love friends. I love everything about it. So it just really smacked me upside the head, like I mentioned, when she said that. And I thought, yes, wow, that is a lot of pressure to make the perfect, happy experience for everyone that I love. And I know a lot of you do this too. I think we all are doing this together because we just think that's what we're supposed to be doing. But you know, it's not always reasonable. In fact, it's probably a bit unreasonable. I don't think this was what was expected of the mom in the house or the woman of the house in preparing for holiday season in previous generations. So one of the things we do, you know, we have to make picture perfect homes and decorations both inside and outside for other people to see that we don't even actually see. We might be preparing more goodies than we need or we really even have time to enjoy. So right now I have 10.4 pounds of cookies. I know this because I went to my first cookie swap in years and there have been cookie swaps, et cetera, in the past years, but with my mm, disordered mindset and fear around that, I really didn't want to be anywhere around that. And I thought, well, I can't eat cookies. Why would I do that? But this year, God's done a lot of work in my heart that has allowed me to say, well, of course I'm going to go spend the evening with these amazing women, you know, and the hostess is a good friend of mine. And I went and it was wonderful. And everyone brings the cookies and everyone takes home cookies. And when I got home, I weighed it and it was 10.4 pounds. Am I going to eat 10.4 pounds of cookies? Well, um, no, I'm not. I don't, I wouldn't even want to. Um, I can't even, I don't think I'll even be able to eat one of each kind of cookie that was there because remember we talked about in one of the previous podcasts that you actually acclimate to a taste And after a while, like a sweet taste, I don't want anything else sweet. So there's only so much of a type of food category or or a taste profile that I can enjoy. But even though it was so much fun, yes, I now have 10.4 pounds of different kinds of Christmas cookies. Some will be eaten. Some will be eaten. All of them were delicious. But even if I hadn't gone to a cookie swap, I traditionally would have been making cookies. I do a chocolate bundt cake that I do every year. There will be eggnog. There will be more goodies than we could even eat. They kind of go to waste after a few tastes of each. There's a lot of preparation that takes place. That leads to a lot of pressure. That leads to maybe a lot of unreasonable pressure that we're putting on ourselves. Maybe your reason is not like mine, and I'm sure everyone has their own reasons, and not everybody has this kind of pressure they put on themselves or expectation they put on themselves. But for those of you who are like me, who have just assumed, yet again, made a a weird assumption that the job of 
the mom or the wife or whatever your role is, is to make the best experience and the happiest experience for everybody and give a little wow factor. Um, Why? (laughs) Why are we doing that? That kind of pressure can lead to stress eating and sleep problems. And I'll go into that a little more in the upcoming points. But I just wanted to point out that expectations can actually be one of those really strong forces that kind of knock us off our normal routine and can lead to stress eating. I actually just wrote a blog post on the website and it's called Holiday Weight Gain Causes and Concerns. And you can find that at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com or cherylshaco.com. It's the same thing. You just click on the blog tab and you can read that. And on that, I talk about something called holiday martyrdom, which I think we all fall prey to sometimes. Stress eating can come from just putting so much pressure on ourselves and having high expectations to get so much done and everything perfect in a very short period of time, if you think about it. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, with all the things that go on, all the different celebrations and activities, all of the gift buying and everything else, that's a lot to fit in just a few weeks. So that can lead to some stress eating. We'll talk about what we can do about that in a few minutes. So the first category was expectations. That first force that comes together to help with the holiday weight gain is expectations. The next force that comes is just a scheduling upheaval. It's related to the first, but a scheduling upheaval. Think about that. The busier you get, the more errands, the more there's a Christmas pageant and your kids have these activities for school and then there's this social event here and that one there and you're still trying to do your shopping and your wrapping and your decorating and your cooking and your planning and you know your regular life on top of it. That can absolutely upend any normal routine and schedule you have the rest of your year. So that too can lead to, well, stress eating for sure. That can also lead to a mess up of our meal routine. It can lead to maybe not having meals planned out like we normally do or even prepared as much as they normally are. So having unplanned meals and not having foods prepared, what are you going to do? You're just going to grab what's easy. You're going to be out and about and you're going to grab food there. You're too tired. You're too stressed and you're too busy to stop and actually prepare foods. So you're just going to grab some easier things. And we see that a lot during the holiday season. So that can kind of disorganize your normal eating pattern as well and can certainly lead to maybe consuming more high energy types of foods. The third thing, and this is really important, one of the first things to go when we have a scheduling upheaval is unfortunately daily Bible reading and prayer and stopping and taking that time with the Lord. It's kind of ironic because this season is to celebrate Him, but It can be one of the first things to go. So I would really encourage you to not ever allow that. Of all the things that you have to give up or could give up or have to fall by the wayside, please don't let it be the most important things, right? The most important things, that time with the Lord, that time of reading His Word, time of prayer with Him, which is so essential for just even functioning throughout this crazy time, but also You know, sometimes in your family, if you have a young family with kids, the kids can take such a priority that even your marriage can kind of take a backseat for a while. So those most important things we want to really be careful of not letting go of. Um, 
Also, if you're missing that time of Bible reading and praying, your, your focus is going to be off. You're going to feel off. You know, maybe that leads you to be more stressed or less tolerant, less patient. Um, and you may even use food to soothe instead of coming to the source of peace and joy, Christ, right? We've talked about that many times already. But many times we can use food to soothe us, to comfort us when we feel angst or even, you know, you might be carrying some guilt because you're not spending time with the Lord. And, you know, sometimes we can shut that up with shoving food in our face, you know. So just keeping everything we've learned so far and everything we've talked about so far, try not to give way where you're letting go of those daily disciplines of Bible reading prayer, coming to the Lord in repentance and faith and receiving cleansing, receiving the joy and the peace of the Lord, especially during this time. You need it more than ever, you know? So it's not the time that you want to be not focusing on the Lord and depending on Him and coming to Him in prayer. Okay, so the first category is expectations. The second category is scheduling upheaval. There's a third category that the season itself lends toward a problematic relationship with food and maybe some holiday weight gain. And that's the climate. So it tends to be colder. I'm in Florida, so colder in winter here is amazing. It's what you wait for all year. So I could reverse this. For me, my difficult time is, well, the rest of the year. But if you're up in the northern climates, you're up in, you know, I'm from New England originally, so I know I, I grew up this way. When it gets colder, one of the things to go is outdoor activity. There's a lot less outdoor activity when it's a lot colder out. Sometimes it's just harder to even travel out to places to go. If you go to a gym, it might be more difficult to get there because it's snowing or there's ice. I'm a big like neighborhood walker. I love to do that. And so when it gets really cold, um, yeah, I'm less apt to do that. That's like down here in Florida when it's August. I don't like it very much. It's also harder to be motivated to do physical activity when it's just so nice to snuggle in the warm house under the blanket. There's something sleepier about <laughs> colder weather. Um, or maybe it's like we look for more physical comfort during this time. I don't know. But it can lend towards having less physical activity or exercise or just moving, moving your body, having a routine where that's part of your day. Of course, we mentioned the busyness anyway, can already shut that out. So, But the cold weather can have something to do with that. Another physical issue that's affected by the climate. Okay, let's talk about the season we're in, no matter where you live in the United States, I'm in Florida, but it's the same here, there's less daylight. There's less daylight. So you can get up and it's dark and you can get out of work and it's dark. That can really bring a gloom. <laughs> there's a seasonal gloom that happens. You know, you've heard about seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder and, and whatnot, but I think we can agree that a lot of us feel just... Um, an oppressive feeling. It It's darker out and it feels darker. It feels a little gloomier. So when you're lacking having regular sunlight, you can actually be lacking some vitamin D. That's a real thing. It also can mess with your biological clock. That's altered by the sunlight schedule. And so you can just be biologically off a little bit and that can lead to emotional eating, right? You're feeling gloomier. You're feeling off. You kind of just want to be cozy and cuddle. There can be a lot more emotional eating that goes on there. Another very, very important 
and I save this for last, but an important physical issue that can also relate to your scheduling upheaval, that can also relate to your expectations, so it fits all the categories, is sleep, alterations in your sleep. So I mentioned that biological clock that can be altered by the change in the sunlight schedule outside. That's called your circadian rhythm. When your circadian rhythm is off, that will affect your sleep patterns because your circadian rhythm is the clock of when you sleep and when you wake up. Another thing that affects your sleep is, as we mentioned, the stress, the high busyness. You might just be working later at night and not be able to sleep. You might feel the stress so when you lay down in bed, you have the mental lists going and you can't stop them or you just have an angst that's preventing you from being able to sleep as well. So that lack of sleep that can lead directly to weight gain because research has shown that those who are lacking sleep over a prolonged period of time, I don't mean a very, very prolonged, I just mean you know significant interruption in your sleep for a while. Well, when that happens, we tend to crave higher carbohydrate, refined carbohydrate, and higher fat foods. So what does that mean? That means that when we're lacking sleep, we're craving foods that tend to have more energy in them. That makes sense if you think about it that way, right? But we crave those kinds of foods and we tend to eat more of those high energy foods and maybe to the detriment of the nutrition profile. Maybe you're not getting all the nutrients you need, but you're getting those sugars and fats together that you're craving because you're not having as much sleep. And that has to do with your serotonin level. I'll do, a, I'll do a, a podcast on that in the future. I've done a teaching on it before, and um, it's very, very interesting. So also, if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to have as much energy for physical activity. You're also going to be more stressed. It's going to be harder to regulate your day and keep it organized. And we know that when we're lacking sleep, you add more pressure on. It's, it's a powder keg. It's very difficult to deal with that. So... Those were our categories that we're going to deal with today, the categories of expectations and scheduling upheaval, both of which can lead to that stress eating, and then the physical climate issues of being colder, which will lead to less physical activity usually, um, the, the shorter periods of daylight, which can lead to that gloom and messing with the biological clock within us, and that sleep can be certainly affected by all of those things. So those are the different forces so far that can come together to increase that holiday weight gain. So what can we do about these things? What, do, what is a good plan that's reasonable, pretty easy, doable, that you can make part of your day? Okay, so let's talk about the expectations category first. This, again, remember, I said, I am talking to myself here. I just had this big recognition that I've been doing this. And my kids are young adults. So it's even sillier for me to be trying to make it a magical time. And so I have to stop and think about what am I really doing? What is my motive? Am I worshiping the Christ who came as a man on earth to live a perfect life, to die for my sins and be raised to life as evidence that he was God on earth who has the power to forgive all my sins. This is what we're celebrating at Christmas. No, this is what we should be celebrating at Christmas. What am I celebrating? In other words, what am I worshiping? 
Am I worshiping that God? Am I worshiping mm, keeping up with the Joneses with my decorations? What are other people's opinions of me? Am I worshiping my children? Ouch. I I wonder, I think I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking here, how much of that was really just putting my kids above, well, rationality for one thing, but you know, above that message of the gospel, the message of Christmas. Yeah. Yesterday at church, one of my pastors was teaching and mentioned about you cannot worship two masters. And it hit me um, as he was saying that, that I think that applies to this as well. If I'm worshiping, making the perfect celebration and having everything just right, I, I can't be focused on that and be worshiping Christ with the season as well. You can't serve two masters. Of course, that scripture specifically was talking about you can't serve God and that love and worship of money. You can't do both. But I think the principle would apply to anything. I can't serve um, God and food. I can't serve God and my body image. I can't serve God and my weight. I can't serve God and my you know, children in the place of God or anything like that. So I think that applies here as well. Also, what am I teaching my children to then teach their children to teach their children because especially something like a holiday season it is fraught with generational traditions that's part of the fun of it you know we have very specific things that we do with my kids and my family only because i did it as a child with our parents and they did it with their parents and so that's part of the fun of a holiday season But if the message of God coming to earth to save mankind is not the main message that I'm sending to the future generations, what am I doing? We want to consider that the legacy of the gospel message that you want to send to future generations. And that would mean what? We need to ask ourselves again the hard questions, the hard questions of the heart, the hard heart questions and motives. You know, it's common in us to have behaviors that can cause a detriment to us for the sake of others' opinions, right? So that's really common in those who already struggle with disordered eating, weight loss, preoccupation, and body shame. It's kind of already part of that. So it's not too far of a reach for that to go into other areas of our lives, like holiday expectations. We need to consider how much weight others' opinions of what we do have on us to the point that we might be doing harmful things to ourselves. Now, when we're talking about disordered eating, we were doing physical and emotional, mental and spiritual harm to ourselves. But even the holiday season, if we're caring far too much with other people, you know, keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, then we're also doing harm to ourselves in all the ways mentioned in the high stress, maybe not sleeping right, maybe not eating right, putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, maybe damaging some home relationships and whatnot. What we can do for the expectation category, it's really heart work. It's really bringing things back to the Lord in prayer, repentance where there is actual sin, receiving His grace and His help by His Holy Spirit to refocus us on what is really important if we're Christians and we want the world to know that God has come to earth in Jesus Christ and that He lived and He died for our sins and lives to be the Savior of all mankind, of all who will come to Him in repentance and faith. Why is anything more important than that? 
Now, there's nothing wrong with all of the fun and the celebrations. Don't hear that I'm saying that anything about the celebrating or the decorating or the gift giving is sinful or wrong. It's absolutely not. It's a wonderful time of celebration for many people. But to make that the main focus to our detriment, well, then we're kind of off, right? So just kind of doing that heart work is how we can handle those expectations. Now, sleep. Let's talk about sleep. There's a, something called sleep hygiene, and I won't go through all the details here. We'll do that in the future. But just some very quick and easy tips that you can take to help improve your sleep. One is just trying as much as you can to stop the busyness about if you can do two hours before bedtime, that would be wonderful. Just to stop the brain and try to relax and just get your, your mind off of all of the things you need to be doing about two hours before bedtime would be ideal. Now, I know that's asking a lot and that's not always gonna be possible. Also, eliminating electronics. You know, that can actually be very beneficial to stop looking at screens. Stop having a lot of the sensory explosions all around you, the visual, the auditory, just having monitors on all the time, screens on, phones on, TVs on. Um, We do a lot of work until late at night and we're looking at these screens and that can be very stimulating to the brain. And the brain does take a little while to kind of detox out of that to allow you to sleep. Now, blue light is one of those things I have found that can affect your circadian rhythm. So a lot of people have tried uh, the blue light glasses. I bought them. I lost them. So I can't even tell you if they were helpful. But, you know, that's something that you might want to look into and try. A nice quality pair of blue light glasses if you do need to be looking at screens later in the evening before bedtime. Or if you use, say, a screen to read in bed and that helps you sleep, consider the blue light glasses that will block those blue light frequencies. Now, one of the things that can actually help establish that sleep pattern in the evenings is that when you do wake up in the morning to get sunlight right away, to look at the sun, to open the shades or step outside and get sunlight first thing in the morning each morning. And if you get up before the sun, then as soon as the sun greets you, you know, to do it then. But establishing that pattern, because remember I said that sunlight and the scheduling of sunlight hitting your eyes, it actually has a neurological effect to help that biological rhythm of your wake and sleep cycle. So getting sunlight in the morning when you wake up can actually help establish your pattern for falling asleep at night. Another thing I've learned about sleep, and this is the last thing I'll say about sleep specifically, is If you cannot fall asleep, don't stress about it. It happens or it doesn't happen. If you monitor yourself, am I sleeping? Am I not sleeping? Did I do all of these things right? How much time do I have left to sleep? It's not going to happen because your brain's going now. You're stimulated. You're going to have nights you don't sleep well. It's going to happen. Pray. Redeem the time. You know, we've heard many times if, you, if you're laying there for 15 or 20 minutes and you just won't fall asleep, then get up, do something. Maybe go read the Bible by a soft light or something like that. Try to, again, stay away from those screens, but try not to stress about it too much. It happens. It's part of life. You'll make up for it. Catching up on sleep is actually a real thing. It's nothing to worry to the point of adding more stress, which then affects your sleep again, Okay. We could go into sleep and sleep hygiene, it's called, for a while, and we will do that in the future. Now, that seasonal depression or that gloom 
that also can be very, very helped by sunlight. So we mentioned that some of the causes of that were vitamin D, potentially, that you're lacking vitamin D if you're not outside and you're not getting as much sunlight each day. Try to take a 15-minute block each day, maybe it's during your lunch break or whenever, and go outside. 15 minutes of sunshine, of sunlight, is enough for your body to make all the vitamin D that it needs. Okay? So getting that sunshine is a very helpful thing to do. And 15 minutes a day will do it. Now, cold weather and low physical activity, you have two solutions. You can, one, bundle up and go do the same things you were doing when it wasn't as cold out. Otherwise, you can do what I used to do when I lived in the Northeast, and sometimes I do in the summer here in Florida. I just do indoor activities. I do have a treadmill, and I can't say I'm consistent with it because it irritates me. Something about walking on the treadmill... Oh, just bugs me. I do it when I don't have another thing to do. But one of the keys for getting activity as part of your life is to try to find something you actually can enjoy to some degree. So I have one. It's here. I thought I'd use it every day in Florida. But um, another thing you can do is just put on a good teaching or something you want to listen to or even a show you are watching and just jogging, running in place for a while and doing you know, your jumping jacks and your movement and indoor. YouTube has so, so, so many indoor exercise videos. I mean, you, you could just go forever. You never repeat them just doing that. So there really are plenty of options of getting physical activity. I would recommend um, doing as much outside as you can for the previously mentioned reasons and getting the sunlight, uh, but that's not always realistic. But just try and get some activity as many days of the week as you can. It doesn't have to be excessive. In fact, it probably shouldn't because you might be dealing with some disordered mindset around that, but just deal with the situation and the climate you're in and adjust as much as you can. Okay, so let's talk about upended schedules and how that can really wreak havoc on your meal planning and your eating, your nutrition. One of the best things you can do is just have like a meal prep day once a week, or if you have to have one on a Sunday and one on a Wednesday night or something. And it doesn't have to be difficult. Remember, it does not have to be elaborate. It is not to be fancy. It's just getting all of those food groups in, the nutrients your body needs in a simple way that are ready to go. If the food is prepared and ready to go, it is so much easier to give your body what it needs to maintain yourself during this extra stressful time and extra busy time. So one of the things I do a lot is I will just roast vegetables. And if I'm having, you know, some chicken that week, I'll, I'll cook up some chicken and maybe if I'm doing rice, you know, just so basically I have like some veggies in the fridge and some chicken and some rice and whatever combination of anything you're doing. Um, and just have them there. You know, it's pretty easy to prep them and throw them in their respective cooking devices, which I'll talk about in a minute. Because when you're really busy and you're running in and out of the house, guess what? You have you have a dinner ready to go. Just throw it in the microwave. Whatever your favorites are, you know, just take that prep day. Or even if it takes two prep days, you know, put on some Christmas music or whatever you like and try to consider doing that. That really makes a big difference. You don't have to grab things on the go or just grab some junk food if that's not really what you want to be doing. Another really quick meal substitute, or even just a meal, is a frozen fruit smoothie. 
You got your yogurt and you get some frozen, you know, I like berries. I like to do some mixed berries in with some yogurt and a little water. I put a little cinnamon in, a little turmeric and some sweetener and off I go. The yogurt, you get in your calcium, you're getting protein and you get lots of vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients from the frozen fruit. Um, the cinnamon and the turmeric have some nice benefits too, as well as flavor. And I put a little sweetener in there too. But you can just, you know, a lot of people love to make banana smoothies and avocado with chocolate smoothies, whatnot. But uh, try to get some protein in there like yogurt or peanut butter or dairy milk, something like that. That's super easy. I always keep frozen berries in my freezer. They're always there um, because of this reason, really. Another thing that people love to do is to make baking sheet meals or cookie sheet meals. You know, you just take your big baking tray and you have your vegetables on your meats and and your whatnot, and you can just put it all in in one place. You can find lots of um, recipes for those online baking sheet meals. Super quick, super easy, and done. You have some healthy food options when you have no time the rest of the week. Of course, many of us have crock pots. We have Instapots. Instapots are fantastic when you forget to defrost meat, like I do all the time. Here's a great example of what I'm talking about. For Thanksgiving this year, I had my parents visit for several days, and they had come on a Wednesday. So Wednesday night, I didn't really plan a meal because, of course, I'd been cooking for Thanksgiving Day, and we were going to have a couple days of celebrating with family And I didn't really think through Wednesday night very well. And so when it was time for dinner Wednesday night, I had to put together a meal and here's what I did. I like brown rice, but I don't like trying to cook it on the stovetop because it takes a long time and it doesn't always work right. Sometimes it come out hard. I have burned it. I don't know what my problem is. It literally depends on which pan I'm using, I think. But in my Instapot or Instant Pot, it comes out perfectly every time. So I use my Instant Pot on the manual button and I use two cups of brown rice to two and a half cups of water, stir it up, put the cover on, seal it, and I put that on for 22 minutes. Once that was out, I figured that would stay warm the longest. Then I didn't even need to wipe out my Instant Pot because I put that little rack in the bottom took out frozen chicken breasts that I never defrost in time, threw those in, put some seasoning on top and a cup of water, closed it, sealed it. And it depends on how many chicken breasts you have in there and the size and thickness of them. But I did 18 minutes. I think I've seen anywhere from like 15 to 20 or 22 minutes. I don't know. I always do 18 minutes. It works out just fine. And then those came out great. In the meantime, which I should have mentioned first, when I started the rice, I also roasted vegetables. I toss them in a little bit of either avocado oil or olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic powder. Those go in the oven. I like them nice and high in like 425 or higher. And I just roast those. So by the time my rice was done, my chicken was done, my vegetables are done, we, we made bowls, you know, the rice bowls with vegetables and a little bit of chicken. And we had sauces that we could pour on top, like an Asian sauce done quick. I really didn't prep anything because I had those frozen vegetables, the frozen chicken, which of course I don't defrost. And I had some brown rice in my pantry. So things like that. Be creative. Use the tools you have in the house. Make it as easy as possible. Try to get those food groups in there so you have healthy meals when you're really in a bind and you haven't prepared any food. In fact, sometimes that's quicker than running out to get fast food or getting a pizza delivered, you know, that can be 
the same time period and a lot cheaper if you already have those things. Now, stress eating. Stress eating is very common at different times of life, but it's really common during the holiday season. Try to have certain elements of your day every day if possible. One of those is just some downtime. 20 minutes. Just stop. Stop. And just relax. Let your body relax. Let your brain relax. You know, that 20 minutes, it's not going to really affect the accomplishments of your day, but it can really make a big difference in your clarity and in your ability to function the rest of the day. Um, Also getting some form of physical activity. Again, I'm not talking about an hour and a half workout every day. A 30 minute walk is wonderful for so many reasons. If you can, if it's possible to get an outdoor walk-in most days, 30 minutes will do wonders because you're not only getting that mental downtime, you're getting the sunshine. That kind of activity is so good for your stress. It helps physically with your stress, with the hormones that build up for stress. Um, I have found that not only do I get benefit by exercise of walking, but just being outside, seeing the trees, whoever has flowers, if they have pretty decorations, just it really clears my mind and my mind starts functioning so much better. I get a lot of decisions made on my morning walk, even if I'm not planning to, just because my mind is resting from other things. I'm getting fresh air. It really does wonders. And I recommend you trying to get that in at some point during most days of your week. Again, we talked about having that day of prepping the foods. So let's talk about every day, trying to make sure you're getting those food categories that you need. You're probably, as we mentioned in the protein podcast, you're probably getting enough protein. Just make sure that you are, but you're probably getting enough protein in your diet. But we tend to not get enough vegetables because they're not as portable. We don't tend to grab that at the store or at a fast food place or even out of the cabinet. But getting vegetables, fruits, especially if they're prepared and ready to go, that's wonderful. Getting in your dairy or some form of protein and calcium and getting some form of whole grains, whether it's whole wheat bread or like I had mentioned, brown rice, you know, whole wheat pasta, quinoa. There's a lot of options for getting some whole grains in your day, oatmeal, and just trying to picture all those different food categories and having that food prepared and ready to grab. That's kind of the key there. Another very important part of your nutrition and helping to prevent stress eating is actually not to skip meals. Often we're really busy and we just, we do, we skip meals. We'll maybe skip breakfast or skip breakfast and lunch or just skip lunch and we think I'll eat later. Well, by the time you're going to eat, you're ravished. You're going to kind of lose some food control. You're just going to start shoving things in. Not to mention, you're going to need those regular intervals of food and fuel to help you through this time. You might even need a little more food during this time if you're dealing with a lot more, if you're moving more than normal, you're doing a lot of things. So if you're actually feeling hunger, eat. Don't put that off. Just eat. Grab one of those food items we were talking about. Grab some fruit and some nuts or just stop and have an actual meal if it's mealtime. But you might actually be needing that physically during this time. And then while you're eating, try to stop. Stop multitasking just for your eating time, just for your half hour, your 20 minutes. Try not to multitask during this time. I know that's super challenging. I'm being the biggest hypocrite in the world right now because I have trouble with this, but I do think I want to work on this. But so many benefits can come if we just stop 
and eat and only eat because then we have time to stop and thank God for what he's provided and think about his goodness as we've talked about before. And there's something about focusing on your immediate task at hand. If your immediate task is sitting and eating a meal and you don't have other things on, you don't have your computer going in front of you and your phone and your TV and you're, and you're not driving down the road and you can just focus on the activity of eating and enjoying that activity, that really does bring stress levels down. It calms the mind. It gives a break from the craziness and the crazy thinking. And then, of course, if you can eat with others, it provides that social engagement that sometimes can be lacking with all of the busyness and craziness. And then most importantly, most importantly during this crazy holiday season, make Bible reading and prayer time non-negotiable in your life. Certainly during this crazier time, it'll help to renew your mind and your thinking and your way of thinking, maybe reprioritizing like it is with me. Um, what's important during this time, what maybe can be given up, maybe what should be given up. So really try and make that a non-negotiable in each of your days. Okay, so if you want to read a little more detail about this, then again, that blog called Holiday Weight Gain Causes and Concerns, you can find at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and just click on the blog tab. Also, again, next week, we'll be doing part two of this and we'll touch on three more categories to help us understand that there's more to holiday weight gain than we think is going on here. So especially during this crazy time, keep this in mind. 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. We'll see you soon. 